this month we've mostly been watching horror movies about influencers, live streamers and the absolute lowest of the low podcasters. Right, is it just me or would that theme music make an awesome TikTok dance craze? I've got to do it, yeah? So, you like, need to make that happen. I think so. Are you going to choreograph that, Cliff? Uh, it's not something I've got any sort of experience or expertise in, so I think listeners, if you've got dance moves for our theme tune, send it to us by email because we haven't set up a TikTok account. Email's <laughs> easier, isn't it? <laughs> Luke's our TikTok guy. Luke, what's a good TikTok dance? Uh, crazy Frog, um, Axel Ashley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. I mean, right. that's already got some music associated with it, though, I believe. Yeah, but the thing to do is to take the existing music off and put other music on. That seems to be what half the internet is these days. Yeah, right. We'll do that then, I guess. Anyway, first up, <laughs> if you're expecting post-scream slashes this month, then bad luck. Scheduling issues mean we've had to bump that one down the road a little way. Nevertheless, hello, this is still episode 73 of Devil Times 5, the horror podcast most likely to accidentally get itself cancelled and the least likely to remember to ask you to like and subscribe, let alone pay to become a fucking Patreon. Uh, what I'm getting at is that I am Cliff Barnes, 47 years old, Generation X and bad at social media. And I'm joined by Emily McQuaid. State your age and generation. Uh, I'm extremely old and I'm also Generation X, but I am younger than Cliff. So <laughs> just saying. Hey, kids. <laughs> Sarah Dobbs, age and generation. <laughs> uh, I have to think about that. I've just had my birthday. Um, I'm 39. I'm technically a millennial. Happy birthday. Thanks. Uh, Bryony, no. I'm 34 and I think I'm a millennial. I know the Zoomers take the piss out of me and, and I'm no longer cool. And Luke Bolton. Um, I'm 31 and I'll be millennial as well. You are, yeah, not a Gen Zer among us. Are we no. even allowed to watch these films? Let's <laughs> pass judgment on them. Do you know what I heard the Gen Zers are taking the piss out of? Is side partings and skinny jeans. And that's like, that's my, that's my look. Why is that not cool anymore? Oh my God. What? I thought skinny jeans were back again, or are they wearing them ironically? I think they like mum jeans, or like... I've only just started wearing skinny jeans. Oh man, we're well behind. <laughs> they look good on me though. But what's wrong with side partings? Is it the whole emo throwback thing? Apparently it's like a comb over. We should all have um, very strict middle partings. No, I look simple with a middle parting. Yeah, same. Same. And my, my hair always wants to do a middle parting, but no. No. Are we so out of touch? No, it's the children that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, the thing is, it's fine. Like we don't have to look like Gen Z. It's fine. I, like I, I don't care. I'm not. I'm not twenty, and so it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> have you ever actually been turned away from somewhere for being too old? No, I don't think so. No. It's, it's, yeah. it's humiliating. Yeah, Cliff, you're not allowed into the um, McDonald's kids' slides. <laughs> kids zone. <laughs> I know it looks fun, but you're not allowed. <laughs> Where did you get turned down from for being too old? Oh, it was years ago, actually. I was like, not even this old. But um, there was a bar in Rome, in the trendy Travatore part of Rome. And like we'd been out for dinner and we were like, oh, we'll go to this uh, exciting sounding bar afterwards, get some cocktails and that. Turned away at the door, just like, no, too oh. old. Literally said too old. Was it near the Vatican? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the reason you got turned away. <laughs> 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 Satire. <laughs> um, I must admit, I struggle to write the kind of opening for this episode. It's like really difficult to write kind of humorous introductory stuff about 
Gen Z cultures and tropes without sounding like a fucking prick who's trying to <laughs> mock, mock a younger generation. I don't, don't want to do that. It's not where I stand. Channeling a supply teacher. Oh, all that. Yeah. Or doing like, yeah, going all slay <laughs> or whatever. You know, uh, I don't want to <laughs> sound like I'm mocking them like, like a Piers Morgan or a Jeremy Clarkson. In fact, I call them Penis Morgan and Jeremy Cunson just to make it clear that I'm not <laughs> on their side. <laughs> and and very grown up as well. Uh, anyway, that said, let's move on to our highs, like the edibles that Gen Z can't stop munching, and lows, like their <laughs> mental health, of our horror viewing since we last <laughs> met. Wow. <laughs> Sarah, you can start. <laughs> okay. Uh, my high is the menu. Oh, really? Which, it's not a very high high, but I enjoyed it. I think I've basically figured out I'm an idiot who just likes to have like bright colours waved in front of me and then I'm fine. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought it was good. Uh, it I forgot what I was going to say about it. That's really useless. I, it, like that's how much of an impact it's had on me. It's like, it's not changed the world, but you know, it was fine. It was quite fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny. Um, yeah. I thought the cast were good. I think Nick Holt as the, the groupie was amazing. I really enjoyed it. That was one of my highs this month. From the trailer that I'd seen in like the cinema, I thought it was going to turn into just a most dangerous game thing. And it didn't. And mm. I enjoyed that, that it, it had something else that it was doing. Okay. And my low is the latest Hellraiser, which is just pointless. I've been too scared to watch that, not from the point of view of being scary, but just from the point of view of how shit is this going to be? I mean, it depends how you feel about Hellraiser in general. Like, If you've managed to sit through the other 10, most of which are shit, then mm -hmm. it's not much worse. It just feels really clean and pointless. I don't think Hellraiser works unless it's being made by an absolute pervert, basically. Basically, I just think there's maybe one and a half Hellraiser films that are worth watching and this isn't one of them. It's just not as grimy as you'd like it to be. Like All the Cinnabites are all... Weekend Warriors. There's no weird like slug guy with little sunglasses. There's nothing <laughs> ever like that in the film. Clive Barker, when he was writing this story in the 80s, could never have imagined that like we would all be walking around with tiny computers in our pockets that would let us access whatever perversions we want at any time of the day or night. So <laughs> Speak for yourself, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We've not seen Clive Barker in a while. He's probably spending a lot of time on the internet. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> there was a story recently of there was a screening of the original Hellraiser somewhere in the States and he went along to that and they got him to sort of say a few words afterwards and he was actually emotional at how much people were really reacting to the film. I just thought that was really sweet. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Little pervy things I thought about in the 80s and you guys love them. <laughs> <laughs> so different for Jimmy Savile. Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um, my high is... Um, film that got released on Friday the 13th uh, which is sick, which is set during the first month of Covid two people going to a house and then someone's after them in the house it's a slasher written by Kevin Williamson it's got some of the same things as uh, what Scream did but for a film set during Covid I think it does things pretty well and it's, it gets quite over the top with being a slasher as well um, and I haven't got a low uh, this month Just uh, that then? Just sick? Yeah, just <laughs> that's, that's my only high Yeah. Alright Bryony. Yeah, I have no lows. I feel like I've made a subconscious resolution to only watch good films unless I'm watch watching for this podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I watched The Menu and I also finally watched Barbarian. It was great. I really liked it. Walked around the house going bah, 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 for several days, um, annoying my boyfriend. Bah, 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 bah. 
bub, 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 bub. Um, <laughs> it was really satisfying to do. Making Jack drink from your milky dugs. Yeah, no, it was great. It was quite fun. Um, I think everything has been said about Barbarian, but um, I'm glad I sort of finally got around to watching it. Is it called Barbarian because she goes Barbarian? Is that why it's called Barbarian? Yeah, there's a cut scene where she just walks around going Barbarian, 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 Barbarian. Now we know. Now we know. Emily? I've got two highs as well. The first one, I suppose it's... Well, good luck with the people that marketed this film because it's kind of folk horror, but kind of not. Um, Ennis Main. Ah, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, it's um, for the first little while I was like, well, I I love what they've done in terms of making something look very seventies, and in terms of like the the colorization. There's a lot of kind of like reds and oranges, so it's it's meant to look like an old film. They specifically have it set up that way at the start. Interesting use of sound. Um, a lot of sudden radio static noises, which was already making me nervous because I there's certain like su- especially like sort of sudden electronic noises that just come out of nowhere that make me kind of a little bit on edge. And then about an hour or so in, just there was one random scene with just a juxtaposition of images that really, really affected me. And I can't really explain why, but I got quite sort of weepy. It was just like it kind of, it got under my skin a bit. And I suppose if you can categorise it as anything, it's sort of a ghost story, but not really. It's not one where you could summarise what the themes are, or what the plot is very quickly. But in terms of just something to watch as an experience of kind of sound and vision, I thought it was absolutely cracking. Cool. It's pronounced and it's main, is it? And it's Maine, yeah. It's Cornish for uh, Stone Island. Ah. So it's about some men who are called Ennis. <laughs> <laughs> now oh, I know. God. <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not a joke. I genuinely thought it was just about some Ennis men. Just... Or men from Ennis. Men from a place um, called Ennis. If you were called Ennis, then obviously your school nickname would kind of write itself, wouldn't it? Dennis. Yes, Ennis the Menace, of course. Uh, and my other high, um, well, I say a high, it's one of these films which is kind of like, I think this might be bollocks, but it's interesting. Um, from 1982, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker. Oh, yeah. Notable for a, a very, very good performance of Unhinged Mad Middle-Aged Woman, which is a kind of performance I particularly enjoy because it's relatable. Um, <laughs> there's a load of kind of weird Oedipal shit. It's very obviously an early 80s exploitation movie. But at the same time, there's some interesting stuff going on. There's a gay character in it who is treated well and the other characters who aren't even part of like the evil stabby stuff there's some of them who are really homophobic and really nasty, and it's almost like they're the real villains of the piece. So it's quite interesting from that point of view. But it is also quite silly, and it does go. I, I was I watched it because I was expecting right. I want some camp nonsense now, um, <laughs> and there's not a lot of camp nonsense until the last ten minutes when it's like all the camp nonsense. Decent film. Uh, my high. Um, I mean, I've not had much luck this last few weeks. Uh, my high is going to be a documentary, Lynch Oz which is six visual essays about how David Lynch has been inspired by Wizard of Oz. I like a visual essay, and there's six of them. It's pretty good stuff. Um, and my low is a film called Exorcism at 60,000 Feet, which I I don't know how I managed to do this, but I saw the poster and assumed it was from the 70s, because it's a 70s-style poster. Never even checked, just watched it, just stuck it on, thought, yeah, this sounds funny. What it is, is like, imagine like um, an airplane type comedy with a really weird, interesting cast of weirdo characters. And there's this like green mist floating around the plane <laughs> that turns them into monsters, into demons. That sounds right? great. It does, it does sound great. But then imagine it, it being made in 2019 by a director called Chad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's awful. 
Well, yeah. I've just added it to my watch list, so I'm um, <laughs> excited to watch that. I'm surprised you'd not seen it before, to be honest. I know, I, I can't believe it. I've... Good luck with that one, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait. Uh, those were our highs and lows. Now it's time to move on to the theme of this episode. And our first feature is from 2018, and it's Sam Levinson's Assassination Nation. I heard there was a party at Greenwald's tonight. Can you imagine if any of this got out? (laughs) Are you guys seeing this right now? Have a Salem just got hacked. Do you think this is a game? Who was it? Willie Coulson. Why would he say that? That's not true. You're lying. How many people are going to believe this? How many people are going to think that I did this? Good people of Salem, you know what these girls did. I'm so scared. We're bringing all you to justice. Four girlfriends in an American town find themselves at the centre of a storm when a hacker starts leaking the residents' entire internet histories. I'm sure I've come across that plot before somewhere else. Probably Black Mirror. A lot of these are almost, but not quite, sort of Black Mirror episodes or something like they could be a yeah. Yeah, premise to one. The Shut Up and... Not Shut Up and Dance. Yeah, Shut Up and Dance is the one where people are threatened with their internet histories. Ah, um, perfect. Yeah, that that's what I was thinking of then. Yeah. That is very it's cool, it's though, not yeah. the most original concepts, like things being leaked and then chaos ensues. Well, they weren't doing it in the 70s, were they? Well, no, but they were doing it in the 90s, and that's bloody ages. I'm pretending to be a Gen Z. That's bloody ages ago, mate. Is that one of their phrases? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bloody ages ago, mate. They all talk like cockney chimney sweepers. Yeah, and they go, oh, I'm a youth. I'm wedding I youth. work with kids. They all do it. They're like, no, oh, I'm a 1950s youth person. Because <laughs> they're a bob, mate, so I can buy some fags. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't smoke fags. They vape. They vape. Elf bars. I can have some jewels. Jewels? So three years ago. It's oh, all elf mate. bars now, Brian. Oh. No. <laughs> Do they still take poppers and, and, and whippets? Is that a thing? Yeah, whippets are still a thing. There were a lot of festivals in Finsbury Park last summer and somebody was saying like giant sized nitrous canisters because like the day oh, after yeah. there'd just be tons and tons of them lined up all down the street. Well, I spent Christmas in Ibiza and uh, it was very, very quiet there because it's out of season. And, you know, it's a very nice place. It's a lovely holiday. But landing back in London, the first thing we saw when we got on the tube was a load of London kids just bundling onto the tube doing balloons. And it's like, yes, good to be home. (laughs) (laughs) I've always appreciated whippets because it's the most like jovial looking drug use, isn't it? It's like, (laughs) I think I I first encountered it because I'm not really a drugs person but like years ago I was at the Reading Festival and somebody said to me do you want a balloon and I just assumed they were giving away a balloon I was like what, what? okay and then she was like no it's got so I, I tried it it made me a bit headachey and I was like well okay fine I can see why the kids like this because it's the sort of thing where you're hanging out with your mates and you want to do something that makes you a bit giddy yeah, uh, yeah, for a bit. But it always looks funny when you see a load of kids huffing balloons. It never stops yeah. being funny. I just love that it combines, you know, clowns with balloons and like bakers with whipped cream canisters. Like, yeah, that's where you used to buy them off was from specialist baking websites. <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, clowns and bakers. Yeah, it just gives a sort of a carnival atmosphere to you yeah, getting slightly yeah. fucked up with your mates' vibe. <laughs> I'm amazed that steam were trading cookware in Brighton closed down. How do they go out of business? Know, with, right? like, they must have been fucking doing amazing trade in uh, in those uh, creamers. We clearly all really enjoyed this film, seeing as we're talking in depth about it and not about whippets. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, one thing I want to address in Assassination Nation is that Lily has that older man boyfriend next door mm. uh, who she calls Daddy. But, uh, mm. uh, why Why do they do that? Why do they insist on calling older men Daddy? It's so, so rank. I think some men like being called Daddy. They're probably even more rank than... Oh, it's so gross. What confused me for a while was sort of you know, the messages that said daddy. And I was like, is, she, is, is that actually her dad? I'm like, oh, no, wait, no, it's someone she's having an affair with, right? Oh, fine. inappropriate. Yeah. I quite like this film. I think it's it's not perfect. It doesn't quite hang together, but there's a lot of um, stylish and interesting scenes in it. Mm. And it's very much on the side of the girl who is effectively slut shamed before she gets accused of being the hacker. It goes a little bit sort of style over substance at the end. And I kind of felt like I wanted an extra scene, the bit where she's talking to camera and saying about this is how we've been treated, et cetera, et cetera. I kind of wanted just a little bit more kind of badassery from her yeah, and her mates. I wanted more of that because I was getting on with it all right. But then when it got to like this chaos, I was like, I would like to see more, more chaos from them, like fucking things up. And Yeah. It doesn't work for me when like they resort to guns and firepower because that seems... Yeah. Just so not what they'd be doing, surely. Yep. That's the same issue I have. I think gun violence is not the solution that these kids would come up with. <laughs> no, exactly. I don't know. I think and at that point they've been sort of pushed to the point where, you know, they've been tortured, one of them nearly got hung, like people were really going at them and they're Americans, so it's like you know, <laughs> quiet words and, and Instagram posts isn't gonna get things to stop. Just unfortunately with guns and it looked cool I think the screenplay should have found a different way out of it I just don't I Definitely. think that this generation is so like anti-gun and so mm. indoctrinated into like having all these like what do they call it where they have the, the active shooter practice in schools like yeah, all that stuff yeah. I think that they should have just found a way that didn't just end up with uh, it would look really cool if we put the girls in PVC with big guns. Uh, that, for me, just felt like, oh, I'm seeing the middle-aged man who's written and directed this film <laughs> instead of seeing yeah. young well, girls. I am, I am secretly a middle-aged man, so that's maybe why I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> the shooty bang-bang scenes did look too much like something like The Grudge as well, where you're trying to sort of make a point of like, oh, everything is fucked up, but it becomes so sort of stylized that it's almost like you're meant to just sit there and go, oh, cool, bullets. There's no, there isn't the kind of... Do you mean of, the purge? Yeah. Did I? Oh, yeah, I do mean the purge, yes. Oh, see, yeah, I, was, I wasn't going to mention the purge because I knew you'd all shit on me, but I really like the purge films. So I was like, <laughs> I like this, it's like Lady Purge. <laughs> I really wish there was one called Lady Purge. <laughs> that is such a great name for a brand of tampons. Yes. <laughs> I'm having my Lady Purge right now. Yeah, that would be like a sort of a, a rebrand for a moon cup moving away from a sort of hippie <laughs> Earth Mother thing to like, look, Lady Purge. It's like I a sort of it. punk version. A packet of McCoys and a Lady Purge. <laughs> oh, I've got to go clean my Lady Purge. <laughs> Put that on a Teams meeting before you've got a work meeting. <laughs> as a status, you could have do not disturb, be right back and cleaning out my lady purge. <laughs> There's something in this film that you get in a lot of American R-rated films these days, which is they seem to be allowed one use of the word cunt, but it always has to be really aggressive and directed at a woman. I love the word cunt. I love the word cunt, but that's not how you use it. The jovial use of <laughs> all right, cunts, which we do here and happens in Ireland and in New Zealand and in Australia, I believe, it doesn't happen in America. Yeah, in America, it's, as I understand it, it's got more of a misogynistic edge. Yeah, it's very yeah. much more of a thing. That's... Cunt's like the worst, worst 
thing you can say to a woman in America and it's like, yeah, it's like the most misogynistic thing. Yeah, so my point is, all these films... Basically, all these American films. All these American mm. films inject just a completely unnecessary moment of like extreme misogyny yes. just to get their R rating. It's horrible. Yeah. But yeah. isn't most of this film... It's, it's meant to show how horrible these men are. Yeah. Like, I think it's meant mm. to show the extremes they go to because they've been shown up online. Like, they're not happy with their private life being shown that they've been trying to hide from people and now they're going to go to the biggest extremes and that's why they're being like this and that's why the women turn around and be as extreme as them. It's set in Salem, so it's obviously the witch trials, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Which is why the young girls are are persecuted and womanhood is the bad thing and it's also sort of the scapegoat. It's like, right, let's do all all this to the girls even though it's us being awful. Mm. It's a bit on the nose with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this is not a subtle way to uh, examine all those things. It's really odd because Sam Livingston, Sam Livingston. has gone on to like create one of my favourite TV shows, Euphoria. And if you watch this, the first sort of 45 minutes are yeah. pretty much an episode of Euphoria. And I feel like the writing on this isn't as strong as he has gone on to do. His dad is Barry Levinson, who made The Bay, which we watched in the Disease and Decay episode. And yeah. also he made Rain Man as well in... You know, other. He's a nepo <laughs> baby. He is a nepo baby. <laughs> Hashtag nepo baby. I think the most unrealistic part of Assassination Nation is where Lily's got the web up on her laptop or whatever, and um, there's pictures of her with comments, Who is this whore? And she clicks on that, even though right beneath that, there's a picture of a dog and the link says blep. It's like you definitely click on the blep videos. <laughs> that's, she's on Reddit. That's, that's just Reddit. Because depending yeah. on who you see on Reddit, you can go from like, porn to animals like your feed mm-hmm. so mine happens to be cross stitch and animals i don't follow any porn from reddit i know to keep those accounts separate but no that was that was realistic <laughs> i think you're just not in touch with the kids man no i'm just saying you'd, you'd always click on blep first yeah yeah <laughs> it's like it's a stream like you sort of scroll up like throughout no, no, i don't use reddit Okay. Are you sure, are you sure granddad? Because you could have, you know, Paul and then your blep. There's a subreddit <laughs> called blep. <laughs> yeah, Cliff's always pressing on blep, though. Is there blep porn? There's no blep porn. There's power washing porn. Not on there. I bet there is somewhere, though. Is there melem porn? There is melem. I'll show you all my favourite <laughs> reddits later. What I'm thinking about is that bit, Cliff, you talking about that, is that it wouldn't make sense because in 2018... <laughs> Uh, or 2017, Reddit had actually said we will not allow subreddits for for hate speech or posting out <laughs> oh, people's yeah. personal information <laughs> or trying to find people. So that part of the film doesn't really make uh, absolute sense. When was the film made, remind me? It would have been probably filmed in 2017, but oh, released right. in 2018. And then the, the, they put the film out, then Reddit changed and the filmmakers yeah. were like, no! <laughs> <laughs> we should have made it 4chan, damn it! <laughs> well, that, yeah, 4chan is at the start of the film, isn't it? Because yeah, he so. copies the 4chan link and then posts it into um, the school's forum, which I'm sure school forums wouldn't allow you to post <laughs> no, stuff I about, have your, so. about your mayor. They might not know all the stuff that the kids might be looking at that might be suspect. Oh, can I tell you, when I used to work in a school, we had to have safeguarding training quite frequently and it had a sort of PowerPoint presentation. We're all in the hall and it's all like these photos of app icons and they're like, which ones do you know? And at the time I worked in an all-girls school and one of the apps to be a werewolf was Grinder, And um, one of the, <laughs> the older... De- it was an all-girls school. And one of the older teachers went, oh... What's a grinder? I'm like, we won't, we won't come across it. <laughs> Did anyone come up with a really witty response? Ask your dad. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, me being very literal, I just went, it's an app for gay men to meet up and have sex. Yeah. Um, 
It's where men go to make friends. Make friends. They go to shake hands. Yeah, they shake hands in a special way. They shake hands in a special way. When when two men love each other very much, they download (laughs) Grinder. Talking of dads. (laughs) How is Lily's dad 45 years old in this film? It's fucking ancient. He's the dad from uh, Stranger Things. He's the exact same in Stranger Things. And that's meant to be set in the 80s, so... um... (laughs) He's always looking the same. Maybe on his um, acting profiles, like whatever the US equivalent is of the spotlight profile, it's probably something along the lines of playing age 45, will only play dads, must wear <laughs> own glasses. <laughs> <laughs> He's got work out of it, so fair play. I mean, it would make more sense in Stranger Things because people just did look older. Did you see, like, because it was uh, 40 year anniversary of uh, BBC's breakfast programming and the photo of Frank Boff, when that started in 1982 and he was 50 years old. How does a 50-year-old man look like Frank Boff did in 1983? What's a Frank Boff? What's a Frank Boff? A Frank yeah. Boff is a presenter of a breakfast pro. He was a journalist oh. and pre- and uh, got into trouble when it turned out about 20 years after that, so when he was like 70, I guess, that he was <laughs> heavily into BDSM and cocaine. Okay. Him and Clive Barker would have been great mates. <laughs> Clive Barker got to make Hellraiser. Frank Boff got to be on breakfast telly in bad jumpers. So, you know. A major trope in Gen Z movies is trans inclusionism. So Bex in Assassination Nation is a trans girl. But trans identity is front and centre in the Australian film So Vam, directed by Alice Mao McKay when she was 16, I think. Oh, that explains it. Yeah, it explains <gasps> oh. a lot, doesn't it? It does, because I was watching it today and it was like, this is like GCSE drama. Oh, it's like it's hitting on all the issues. Oh, it's like something I would have written. It's awful, but then, yeah, they were 16 or 17 when they directed it, and you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Here to go. (laughs) And they got their movie out, and there's clearly some stuff that's very important to them that got out in it. Mm. Stop being so positive. But it's, yeah, it's the acting that really lets it down. The GCSE drama was very much issues-based when I did it as well, but it usually people used to use it as a a means not only of exploring issues, but also to slag off their enemies. (laughs) So there was one girl called Abby who had a long-running feud with another girl called Natasha. So she would literally be like, right, let's make this about a girl called Natasha who's a prostitute. She's on drugs. (laughs) Amazing. And she's a bitch as well. And they'd be like, is this based on anyone? She'd be like, no, it's just different, Natasha. I just like the name. (laughs) Amazing. But yeah, so Vam, I wanted to like it more than I did because you could see, you know, there's a lot of passion there and a lot of sort of stuff that they want to say about inclusivity and about queer representation and so on. But it's... Mm. It's just the the acting's dodgy. The acting let it down because it is a fun concept and yeah. it is important to include sort of trans actors and queer yeah. actors, but every single actor they had was fucking shite. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like oh god. Yeah, they were I mean so... the, the main the main girl who was showing kids the ropes, like just the most monotone ever. <laughs> this is it, this is how we survive. Do 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 do, do. and it's like Oh, babes, no. And she's a really good character as well. She's a great character, but yeah, it's just, I but mean, it's just so badly. It makes sense that they were so young because maybe they picked from their circle and wrote for yeah. their circle. But um, I, so, I mean, yeah. I've had friends write things for me and I've had to point out that I'm a shit actress. 
like something about me and stages and and like cameras i just sort of freak out and i can't do it do you not show them your appearance in the bill when you were i do i mean i was very good but i lost the spark you know i i, I got tired of the industry you peaked 10. way too early that's the problem. way too early i mean no one can see this because we're recording but do you want to see my performance as shock child number two okay yeah oh thank you thank you was so... that in the bill I was in the bill, yeah. Did you have any lines in that? No, that's why I was so good. Oh. Were you um, were you billed in the credits? <laughs> I wasn't. Wait. Oh no, I was billed in the credits. Actually, it was a really good day. It was my ninth birthday. I got the day off school. I got to stand there and go. And then um, in the evening, I went to see Cats, the musical. Did they pay you just... in balloons? No, they didn't pay me in balloons. I got fifty quid, um, which back in the nineties was. Did they many pay you pounds. fifty quid in a, a fresh fifty pound bill? <laughs> no, they paid my mum um, because I. Did was you build them for it? Did you build them for it? I built my mum. Did you go? Did you go to for a meal? And did you ask for the bill? <laughs> did you go for a meal at Bill's? Was, was the guy? <laughs> was you? Was your waiter called Bill? No. <laughs> was your wait? Was your waiter a duck? Did they have? A... <laughs> no, the duck. The duck took you out for the meal, and then he said, uh, "Put it on no, my bill." My bill yeah. <laughs> anyway uh, something else about bills yeah. right the last two minutes of our dialogue is better than anything in Sofam. <laughs> it just feels like you're just reading a load of twitter threads and why is it so dubbed as well mm. i swear yeah. half of the people are really badly dubbed i wasn't sure yeah, i couldn't figure out if it was or not but i think they must have just got all the equipment on some kind of scheme and because they had everything they had to use everything and as a result, it was all kind of put together quite badly. The brief drag scenes that you see were lovingly filmed. Were they brief? Well, no, the one at the end wasn't. <laughs> Not that ending. <sighs> it could have done with some editing, but I kind of felt like the director's interest was more in that. It was more kind of like, I want to show this subculture. Though I do love the fact that they've got like their local drag club and then they're like... Now he's going to go to Sydney and be this amazing drag queen. And they've clearly got like a couple of stock shots of Sydney and then they're on the same stage again. (laughs) (laughs) That, oh, that line, my drag name should be something Rocky Horror related, Uh, like Magenta Riff Raff. Oh, dear. Yeah, but you just, you just know somewhere in the world, some um, slightly gothy 14 year old has said that. It's just so shit. Magenta Riff Raff. Not even a play on words or anything. No, it's it's terrible, but it's, you know, if, if you're an enthusiastic young kid, that might be one of the names that you put out and then be like, no, that's bollocks. I need a pun. And then like in 30 years time, be like applying for a mortgage and the uh, bank is like, so can I take your email address? And it's like, oh, it's magenta riffraff at hotmail.com, sorry. <laughs> oh. One of the universities I used to work in had so many people with really bad, inappropriate email addresses. So we'd get an extremely articulate, ranty email saying, I'm not happy with this. I think this is incredibly unprofessional. I think that a university of your stature should be treating students better. I'm not happy, X, Y, Z. And it would come from, like, Lord Voldemort 69. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like, no, use a different email for this. Um, anything more to say about Sovam? I'd be interested to see what the director makes next. But yeah, I think there's parts where it looks really good, and it's yeah, it's obvious they want to make films with more queer representation. So it would yeah. be good if they do make another horror film because I was excited to see a queer vampire film, and then mm-hmm. I was mm. just sort of very disappointed by it. <laughs> do you know what I will say? It's on the same level as um that unicorn killer film. Killer unicorn, yeah. Killer unicorn. Yeah, yeah. I always get it wrong. But um, the fact that it was made by someone so young 
compared to the the makers of um, Killer Unicorn, that actually bodes very well for them. Well, one of the issues I think I have with both those films, really, is that with modern digital video technology everything, it just makes all this outsider art look on a level with professional filmmaking. Mm. And it doesn't work. It needs to be scuzzier. It needs to be shot on horrible VHS or something for it to (laughs) even stand a chance of matching the content. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but what are they going to be like? What's a VHS? Well, they back in fashion now. Even if they just did, oh yeah, add a bit of static and stuff to the no, shots, it, it no, makes it. No, no, none of that. None of that. Yeah, you no, do that. No that's, what, that's what they do. No artificial static or any shit like that. That's no, what they that's do now, Granddad. They add static. VHS ninety nine, I think, look like they said they filmed it on VHS, but you can tell someone Bullshit, yeah. overly edited static on that. Yeah. If you ever Google for like filters to make that kind of effect on your videos you will get advertising for those filters on on your Facebook ads or whatever for months afterwards. <laughs> they try and make you buy packs to um yeah. that you can just even though you can do it easily yourself, they try and say spend nine ninety nine for this VHS pack. Yeah, that's what I ended up doing, just figuring out how to make a half decent one myself <laughs> and saving it as a preset. Anyway, so that is unusual in bothering itself with supernatural stuff. Uh, The only other Supernatural one we watched took us all the way back to 2014. It follows. I think they're just on the cusp of uh, Gen Z, these guys. So that counts. Um, (laughs) The only thing I really want to talk about about It Follows is I've always been very unclear about the scene where she goes to the boat because she'll give the curse to the next guy she has sex with, right? Mm -hmm. And then if he dies, it goes back to her. So why does she fuck everyone on the boat? Because it would only make sense if she fucks one bloke on the boat and then he fucks the next bloke on the boat and he fucks the next bloke on the boat and it's basically they're daisy chaining it. And why don't we see this in detail? Why does it all happen off screen? Maybe she thought it would get confused and not know which one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. Well, what are the rules for gangbang? Is it the first one who comes or the first one who enters? <laughs> 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 yeah, you think that there would be a scene where people would would be discussing the logistics of well, okay, can we get around this if we do that? Or <laughs> love to see just the the, the it sort of just going. Oh, 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 oh. Well, you you were raw dogging, but you weren't. Oh fuck! Oh no! Oh, I'm just going. Back to that. Oh, no. Well, you only had a blowy though, right? Okay. Oh Jesus Christ! Hang on. Sorry. No, the, oh, if man. you only get a blowy, you just get followed by a little tiny one. <laughs> <laughs> Little, little tiny goblin with got a penis on his head, and you're like, "Oh, oh no!" Love to be by a little tiny goblin. <laughs> I'm the goblin, goblin. You did a gobble. Now follow you. I'm the tiny goblin. Yeah, the goblin, goblin. Nice. <laughs> I love goblins. Well, that's the only important thing in uh, it follows. But um... well, this was like the second time I've watched it, and it looks nice. But I do think this film is a bit Emperor's New Clothes. I don't know why yeah. people say it's so wonderful. It's it's fine. Well, I think it's because it's really original and you get a sense of confidence from the direction. Yeah, that, that I would it's agree with. It's very well controlled, very unfussy in terms of plot points, very simple. I think I wanted it to be more Final Destination-y. Mm. Just have more fun with this ridiculous concept. Because, like, yeah, you end up sitting around going, what are the rules? How does this work? What's the best way to escape this thing? I just Bang, bang. We just established that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, Daisy Chain. Daisy Chain. <laughs> oh, I've got a little goblin stuck in my head now. Like. 
Because <laughs> I like to walk around the house because I, I really enjoy goblins and Jack hates it because I sort of walk around going, I am a goblin, yes I am, and make up songs about whatever I'm doing at the time and now I've got, I'm a little goblin, you did a gobble, now I'm in your head, suck, 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 <laughs> goblin, goblin, doo-ba-doo-ba-doo. So for you so, it wouldn't be punishment is what you're saying? Or it <laughs> yeah. It would just be, oh, there it is, <laughs> swallowing love, me. Oh, I just, I'd love to live with a little sex goblin, just like <laughs> Do you think there are enough um, goblin-based horror films for us to do a whole episode on goblin? Oh, oh that would be great, actually. Yeah, I think we should do it for Brian's birthday or something. Yeah, oh, goblin birthday, goblin <laughs> birthday, yes I am. Somehow I'm a goblin in your face. All right, we never really find out what it is in It Follows. However, in The Seed, three friends are very definitely dealing with a weird alien that turns out to be an even weirder sex alien. This is my high a few months ago. Oh, was it really? Yeah, do you know what I mean? I was like, look at the little puppet, little puppet, look at him. Because <laughs> he looks like um, Stufa, Stifer. Who is Harry Hill's cat puppet? Oh, Stufa. Why is the puppet song very similar to the Goblin song? <laughs> There's slight variations. Okay. It does look like Stufa now. He looks like Stufa. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> I like the puppet bits. I like the gooey mad bits. I thought everything leading up to that was incredibly tedious. Yes. Beautifully filmed, but so boring. So much like, yeah, we get it. This character's vacuous and this character's slightly more vacuous. I think they were probably meant to be four characters because you get the the two vacuous ones that are a bit obsessed with streaming and live streaming and all that mm. influencing. And then you've got the third one, who's like the clever one, the sensible one who reads all the books, but also is really stupid. And I think they must have had a fourth character that they, they just sort of merged those two together and left all the lines. So this one character has to be clever and completely fucking stupid. It just didn't make any sense. But um, I thought I was going to hate this film from the way it started. She ended up quite enjoying it. I think it's because it's British and um, got a good sense of humour. <laughs> yeah, British and really trying to pretend not to be, but you mm. kind of think something's not right about these voices. <laughs> yeah, and the, the little kid gardener guy who looks like Chris Morris. <laughs> yes, it does, yes. <laughs> uh, I only liked the puppet. That was, that was it. Um, it felt like it ended a bit abruptly for me. Like, I liked all the experimental bit with all the weird mm. space and nice colours and all of that. And that looks beautiful, those parts mm. of the film. But I felt like there could have been a bit more. I felt like there was going to be a point where the person's head was going to explode. You know, when she starts screaming in the swimming pool mm. and she puts her head back and she's like mm. pulling really weird faces. I thought her head was about to explode at that point. I wonder if maybe originally they had incredibly elaborate storyboards and her head's going to explode and then a smaller head's going to come out and then there's going to be <laughs> yeah. a spaceship in it and they were like, yeah, we can't do that. Just get us tip her head back and we'll lob some black goo everywhere. One of the things that is kind of recurrent in these Gen Z movies is like you'll have a character who is um, yeah, phone glued to her hand. She's an influencer. She's a streamer, whatever. But then for the plot to work, they have to not have any phone signal. Mm. And then... It's like, oh, why did you even bother giving her that lifestyle or whatever if you're not going to do anything with it mm. because she can't use her phone? Because it's easy to write. <laughs> Some of these things were a bit box-ticky, wasn't it? It was just like, she's an influencer, there we go, done. Yeah, yeah, but like being an influencer was not relevant to anything. Like, yeah. No, it just felt no, like, let's tack no. this in and then we can be like, hey, look, this is about technology. Like, no, it's not. It's about alien puppets. So. Mm -hmm. But they do keep making the comments about when she's first there and she's been like the influencer. I'm guessing she must have been a completely different person before because they're like, oh, she's changed. She was never like this. 
It's like you, Luke, with your Pez millions, isn't it? Completely changed you. I think there's a director's statement on Wikipedia where he says like that the whole film is about social media and how we take this thing into our lives and we don't know what effects it's going to have. So like the puppet is a metaphor for social media. Yeah, I saw that and I, I, my immediate response was to say bollocks. Yeah, so the mobile phones in the seed turn out to be not much use, but that's okay. Um, if there was no internet signal in Tragedy Girls, then there wouldn't be a film at all. Uh, Sarah, you love Tragedy Girls, don't you? I love Tragedy Girls. I just really enjoy a super evil teenage girl and even better if there's two of them and they're friends and they <laughs> go on a killing spree. Um, I love that the idea is that they are true crime fanatics, but they just can't get any traction on their true crime stuff because there's just so much of it out there. And the, even the fact that they're like cute teenage girls is just like whatever there's a million of you on youtube so they have to like keep upping the ante and capturing their own pet psychopath and torturing him in a cabin <laughs> and yeah i just find this really fun i think they put in really good performances alexandra mm-hmm. ship and brianna hildebrand i don't actually buy their characters as serial killers <sighs> at all and i just wish it was funnier and like there was more kind of heather's style dialogue mm. it's a good film though it's, it's good it, it's one of those things where their surnames the character surnames are hooper and cunningham and that kind of stuff can fuck off i usually think that but i did find it really funny that the woodworking teacher is called mr wan like you say it's always like mr carpenter mr romero so like chucking in like a james wan reference uh, I thought it was quite funny. Oh, it should definitely be Mr. Carvin to the woodworker, man, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, the game is not nominative determinism. The game is James Wan likes power saws. Um, another character who loves to put his serial killings online is Kurt Kunkel <laughs> in the film Spree. <laughs> I mean, he, that guy, he has... I've written it. He's got a well-punchable square face. And I don't know if it's the squareness of his face that makes it more punchable. But um... Oh, he's just so pathetic, isn't he, bless him? Is that actor out of Stranger Things as well? Yes. Yeah, yeah he's that's like the heartthrob. Steve Harrington. That actor plays people that are dickheads, but you also kind of like them a bit, but you're not sure why. Yeah, in Stranger Things, he becomes lovable after being an arsehole. Yeah, but he's like proper nasty, though, isn't he? And then suddenly it's just like, oh, no, look, there's Steve and his big hair, bless yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he, he has got very, very bad hair in spree with it all being like splatted forward like that. It feels like he should be a complete annoying edgelord, but the film isn't really brave enough to go down that route. Like we could have watched Dashcam for this episode, which has a fucking horrible edgelord as the main character. Yep. Although, you know, I like her. <laughs> she's fun. Of course he do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's obscene. I really hated Dashcam. I would take this film any day of the week. Same. I hate Dashcam with a passion. Because the person's the same in real life. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Yeah. she seems awful, but I guess it's like, you know, bratty children in films. I don't like children in real life, and I'd hate hate a bratty child in real life, but on screen, you know, I can enjoy that. But yeah, Spree, I mean, I didn't think I'd like this one. Thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I really like this. I thought that this made good use of all the kind of social media-y type stuff. Um, I thought... It was a good uh, central performance because, yeah, he is pathetic and he does stuff that's completely reprehensible. It's almost, I mean, it's mm-hmm. nowhere near in the same league or anything, but it's almost the same kind of vibe as King of Comedy, where you've got a character mm. who's awful and you're like, are they pathetic enough to feel sorry for them? Oh, no, 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 they are awful. It just has that kind of nuance of it neither being entirely he's an asshole or he's pathetic schlub. He's a spree killer. He's obviously got serious mental health problems and <laughs> depression and... <laughs> But the way the film presents it is like just so upbeat and it's like a thriller. It seems mad that they would do that about a spree killing. Especially mm. like, you know, this came out within a year of the Christchurch massacre, which was live streamed. 
Yeah. You know. Oh, fuck. I could also see some people that this would hit completely the wrong way and they just find it really upsetting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really tasteless. But oh, yeah. I guess well, that's what I liked about it. Well, yeah, same, to be honest. And also, I liked the comedian character. thought she was she yeah. was good. Oh, did you like her act, though? All eyes on me. All eyes. Did you like her act? That's no. what a lot of American stand-up is like. So, no, it is, I isn't it? I didn't like it, but I know that there are people that do. But I could hard relate to that guy going to her, hey, that looked like a professional show you were doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell if um, it was meant to be a piss take of that awful kind of American stand-up or if like she was genuinely meant to be a really good act. I thought it was a piss take, but I'm not 100% sure. The actress is a stand-up, but I don't know what her... Oh, is, like. is, that, their, yeah. is that their actual act? I'd, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> there, weren't any, there weren't any jokes in the act, which was the thing. No, it's just going, all eyes on me, all eyes on me. I sort of just assumed that we weren't seeing the funny part. <laughs> maybe just giving it a pass didn't she kind of like deviate from what she wanted to do to kind of talk mm. about hey all the phones are toxic and I'm going to trash yeah. this kind of thing so she was using yeah but there needs a... to be jokes in it to make your point yeah. you can drop your truth bombs in your act but like having you know yeah. punchline helps guess it fucking worked for Hannah Gadsby didn't it so <laughs> oh oh then that was rubbish right okay. even the that funny wasn't... bit in the first half hour the jokes were terrible it wasn't rubbish. I've seen worse. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's my damning with faint praise. Right, sticking with serial killers. 80s slasher slumber party massacre got a 21st century glow up a couple of years ago uh, with a movie that's part remake, part spoof. I really, I mean, I really like this film. Yeah. yeah. I just think it does yeah. it so well. It does, it does. It's, it's so rich. much fun. Really, really enjoyed it. I get the original films are fun for people, but I've never been a fan of no. the original films and I like that this pretty much took like little easter eggs and other things from all three films and added them in and did a twist on it and I think it mm. worked really really well my favourite thing is the way that the uh, the killer Russ Thorne whenever you see him he's, he's, it's as if he's posing for the VHS cover mm. doing yes. that weird gurning it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny yeah there's loads to enjoy in this there's the fact that it's kind of middle aged woman fight at the end mm-hmm. initially when the, like, the pillow fight scene happened I was like oh I see what they're doing they're sexualising the guys but just in case you don't get the message there is a shot of that man's ass for a really really yeah, long time yeah <laughs> It's like, oh, 80s style shower sequence. Well, it starts with like the guy in the short shorts arse and it's like, yeah, bums. And then yeah. it's the pillow fight. <laughs> and then it's like, naked bum. Yay, long bum. <laughs> I heard that the um, council noise enforcement patrol had to come out because like your neighbours were complaining about yeah bums <laughs> being shouted out from your window uh, you know that versus whatever else is going on next door they, can, they could probably shout with yay bum every now and then in my goblin songs <laughs> oh my god that's what they're going to come back with mediation they'll be like well, you're complaining about this, but every night all we could hear is, I'm a little goblin. <laughs> I like bums, goblin bums. The best case scenario for that would be you're singing, I'm a little goblin, I like bums, and then there's a silence. <laughs> and, then you, and then your neighbour goes, me too! <laughs> and you all sing the song forever. Like bums on this road, goblin bums. Let me follow you with my bum. Touch your bum. Goblin. It would be really creepy if they started singing that song back to you, though. That would be yeah, it would. horrifying. <laughs> I don't know, I'm getting to know my neighbours now after a few months of living here, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they'd be up for a goblin sing-song. It's oh, nice. Yeah, I might just go into the council noise things we're going through at the moment, because but yeah, I could just go next door and start up my own 
goblin shanty night. Are you really like got council noise enforcement? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're having a, a barmy with the pub next door because they keep on putting on like live gigs and, and the sea shanty night thing. So what if I go in and just be like, right, scrap the sea shanties. Just goblin shanties. Yeah. Just offer, yeah. offer to put on a all dayer called Goblin Bumfest. Yeah, I'd be well up for that. I'd be well up for Goblin Bumfest. Goblin uh. Bum. Doop doop doop. Sorry. I think you should put this event on. Go and talk to the I don't know how many people would turn up and pay for that. <laughs> I, might just, I might just make it a weekly occurrence at my house just myself. I don't need people. I'm a goblin. Sometimes you've just got to do the art for you. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I was wondering if there was something in some Party Massacre kind of satire of how big pizza slices were in the 80s compared to now. Because in the opening scene, um, well, actually, it's not set in the 80s, is it? The opening scene, it's the 90s. The 90s, yeah. The pizza slices are enormous. And then later on, when the present day girls are eating pizza, much more manageable slices. I'll tell you for why I reckon that is. I is think it about eating... pubes? No. No. <laughs> I, w- okay. I was thinking they're eating... Um, <laughs> gluten-free vegan pizza because of the change in generation but also the pizza looked like a gluten-free vegan pizza i accidentally bought the other week very small and very pale i eat a mostly vegan lifestyle but cheese is a big thing for me but that looks like vegan cheese i've yet to find a good vegan cheese so they call you the cheese goblin don't they oh i gobble all the cheese i'm a little goblin gobbling cheese anyway um from my observations i was like that looks like gluten-free vegan pizza and they seemed quite conscientious so i was right yes it was a satirical point amazing also cheese makes you bloated if you have um ibs or similar maybe they all had ibs Rami, what ibs stands for is um irritating bum stuff isn't it oh irritating bum goblin <laughs> Irritating bum situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what doctors say it stands for, certainly. Good. (laughs) The female friends in Slumber Party Massacre are mature enough to work together, but that's not the case for the much younger girls of Hashtag Horror from 2015. Sarah is rolling her eyes. People hate this film. I didn't re-watch this because I hate it so much. It's the most annoying film I've ever sat through. And like, I've previously tried to watch it and given up. But, you know, as a point of pride, I was like, I will watch this for this podcast. Uh, and I don't feel good about it. It's a bad film. I've said to Cliff, like, I've got two choices because I haven't watched Shook. So I was like, I'll either watch Shook or this other one, Hashtag Horror. And Cliff was like, watch Hashtag Horror. It does something really interesting. And it wasn't interesting, Cliff. You lied. You barefaced lie. What was the thing that was supposed to be interesting? I think the way it's edited is amazing. No, it's annoying. The soundtrack's great. Like, that horrible little synthy music that sounds like it's from a really shit bad film, but then, like, it kind of blends in with some real bangers. Do you know why it sounds well. like it's from a shit bad film? <laughs> it's not a shit bad film. Um, I guess, again, I like bratty children in films. I think they're funny. And when it turns into a complete fucking nightmare assault on the senses in the last 20, 30 minutes, that's great. Yeah, there is some fun, weird stuff like the art with the boiled egg that kind of starts Mm. pulsating. I like that. That's (laughs) mad. Um, I think they did a reasonable job of directing a load of kids. Some of the bullying bits really made me go, "Mm, that's horrible. That feels too real. But it feels like it's several different films happening at once. It doesn't quite really know what it wants to be. And it is quite boring, I'm afraid. Also, the graphics on the website that they kept showing looked terrible. It looked like they were designed in 1999. What was the website supposed to be? I don't know. I don't know what that was going to be. Murder Candy Crush. Yeah, it's it's not in any way a realistic depiction of social media. No. The director apparently asked her friend's daughter what's 
scary and her, her friend's daughter said cyberbullying and she rather than kind of going what what do you mean what kind of sites she's just like right i'm just going to make up a whole new internet and then mm. do what i think it's going to look like no it was really cyberbullying it was actual no, bullying no it was very much in person bullying wasn't it if it's meant to show bullying is bad they never say oh what you're doing is wrong it's just no. bullies bullying each other and then at the end it's like oh it's that girl she's got bipolar she's sick <laughs> see ya yeah. So that's not really how it works, is it? No. That's not very Gen Z of you guys. <laughs> well, you're meant to be up on the mental health, not demonising it. That is the thing, isn't it? Like, these kids are like the most kind of socially conscious, sensitive bunch of people ever. And like, the fucking slurs they use in and all the body shaming and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, it doesn't quite ring true with... Unless these films are saying, oh, they're all a bunch of fucking hypocrites. <laughs> but that brings us on very nicely to bodies, bodies, bodies. Would these people who care so much about mental health and all that kind of stuff, really play a game that one of them says, uh, no thanks, it makes everyone fall out and someone ends up crying. And There are people in that group that really like drama, aren't there? So they're all just yeah. like... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's, Plus, uh, I think they've just been a massively successful reality TV show around the same concept. So clearly <laughs> there's something about the game of werewolf that's suddenly super relevant for some reason. I, I like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies more on the second watch, I think. I was, I was hoping that there would be more clues as to the ending mm. like that it doesn't come as a big surprise but no it still comes as a big surprise but mm. it is very funny the ending, it, that yeah, ending, the is, ending is very that, funny i saw this twice in the cinema i had to see it a second time at the cinema because the first time was not a fun screening i think i told you before oh was this the influencers i got invited along to an influencer screening um, <laughs> with cast members from love island who didn't seem to know that the film was pretty much satirizing their life mm. as well mm. and were shouting hashtags at the screen um, oh, the whole time wow. so um that, so was, weird. that was fun some of the stuff felt a little bit tacked on though the whole stuff about people being triggered and so on some of that felt a little bit like it had been written by someone who was like oh these young people are so oversensitive look at so them i didn't really understand why that all comes out in one big go in that one scene because they remembered it was meant to be satire. Because <laughs> they remembered yeah. it was meant to be satire and someone with a slightly Jeremy clarkson mindset went in and went, oh, just just talk about this. Look at them being open about their mental health and their trauma, fucking kids. Yeah. Press it like what I did. Ooh. You can't tell what the film thinks of these people, mm. apart from in that one scene. So yeah, it's not a perfect film by any means, but it's, it is good fun. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. I forgive it everything just for that big like joke reveal at the end but this yeah. is great that guy is a is really good at playing assholes i'd not seen mm. him in anything else before is it pete, pete davidson, davidson yeah. yeah and he's also someone who's got a square face or his is more kind of cube oh do you say he's got a very round face I no it's a cube a cube an actual cube <laughs> <laughs> like a fun- funko pop yeah, fun- he's, a, he's a human funko pop sarah actually lusting after caleb landry jones and um barry keegan is is pete davidson on your list too no okay you do have limits <laughs> have you seen barry keegan recently though i don't know why I'm, I, I'm not a barry keegan person i don't know where that's come from well, you might be thinking of me because i'm the one who thinks the, the uh. weird looking boys are handsome well, i think they kind of got lumped together because we discussed them in the same episode yeah yeah Cliff uh. is just like oh they're just like dirty boys they're like yeah dirty <laughs> goblin boys dirty goblin <laughs> yes. boys I saw his IMDb profile photo and thought, oh no, Barry Keegan's like got a fucking suit on and had a bit of a wash. It's going to ruin his career. But then Banshees of Inner Shearing come out and it's like, oh no, 
He's still got it. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 back to he's back to being a grubby lad, but he he's yeah. he's such a brilliant actor. Really is. Kudos. Yeah. I'm having to Google now because I, I want to know what Luke was referring to. And you said, have you seen him recently? He's grown a little bit of a beard and just doesn't oh. look anything like how he does in the films. Mm. He needs to be careful. He can't he can't make himself look like a normal bloke. Someone said he's got a plasticine face, and I can see that. You feel like you could like. <laughs> Mold it into your own your big yeah. thumbprint in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like wallet. Anyway, uh, at least the characters in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies have a proper social life. Uh, in Shook, a makeup influencer's only able to communicate with her friends via the internet and phone, while we watch her mooch around a boring house for virtually the entire fucking boring film. <laughs> How are you spelling that? Did you put that on letterboxed? <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of not just House of the Devil, the Ty West film, but the experience of watching House of the Devil in the the <laughs> film itself keeps checking its phone. Yeah. <laughs> I watch so much shit, but this has to be one of the worst things I have seen yeah. in quite a while. It just the way that she goes to say Alexa at one point, but what what Cliff? What is it that the uh, Alexa's Diner. been changed to? Diner. Diner. Yeah, and then... No, she, she says it at one... Well, yeah, yeah. Then she spends like the fucking old film going around. Diner, turn the lights on. Diner, turn the fucking lights on yourself. Switch is right there. Ah, uh, they just had to put some dialogue in. Just anything. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. And then they try and do a reveal at the end, like like they're going to make a sequel to this. And the scary torturer guy actually says at one point, no interwebs. Right. <laughs> That's what boring people call the internet. Yeah. They say hollybobs and hubby and interwebs. Yeah. Oh, they can get in the yeah. fucking bin. Oh, no. Was she murdered by someone from Mumsnet? Because I didn't watch this. <laughs> oh, God. No, actually, Mumsnet horror would be a good one. Someone once described Mumsnet as um, 4chan with a glass of Prosecco. Yes, it definitely is 100% perfect. that. It's Prosecco o'clock, of course, somewhere in the world. Mummy so. <laughs> needs wine. I really want to see a Mumsnet horror film now. Just I would love to, love to do head. that. Definitely. Also, you know, um, there was a video that went viral during um, the first lockdown that was all these women in a back garden going, did someone say Beveragino? No. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mate came up with like a horror version of that. It just goes on forever, where it's just basically just different women just appear and go, did someone say Beveragino? And it's all slightly awkward. <laughs> and weird and my mate's like and then they open a cupboard and a hundred year old woman comes out and goes did someone say beveragino I mean this went on and on and on and eventually we had it that Cthulhu came out of the sea with an MCS. Um, that would probably be a bit nicer than a mum's now horror movie though that's just a load of people and monsters enjoying uh, whatever the fuck they're drinking they've made a Karen horror movie so Amityville Karen and things like that yeah oh really oh. Oh, yeah, of course yeah. there is. Yeah, yeah. Something about that just makes me want to turn the internet off forever. <laughs> if there's going to be a Mum's Net horror movie, could it be The Haunted Penis Beaker? Oh, God, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. What's the penis beaker? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> I do, I do. <laughs> there was a viral thread on Mum's Net once about, like, someone was asking... Uh, was she asking if it's normal to have a penis speaker? I think or so. Was yeah. she asking how other, how what other people do about their penis speaker? Oh, like, what's a penis speaker? And it's the cup of water on the bedside cabinet for cleaning her husband's cock after they've shagged. Yeah, because he can't be bothered to go to the bathroom, so he just dunks his penis in a beaker. <laughs> oh. So that's like that's the mum's net version of the poop knife on Reddit. So you remember you used to have the little bird that would peck the water. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that how he does it? There's a penis speaker, and it, it turns out it's got teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's shook. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Shook's worth watching then. Mm, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's ready and available on Shudder. Um. <laughs> a lot of things are ready and available on Shudder though, and I'm starting to think mm. it must be money laundering or something. Uh, well, the main character in our second feature has found something a bit more interesting to do on the internet than the uh, the woman is Shook. It's Daniel Goldhaber's 2018 debut, Cam. I slit my throat last night. Holy shit. What are you looking at? Nothing. She's texting a boy. Alice. I'm gonna tell her. My rank needs to be better. I'm like this close to breaking top 50. I can taste it. Customer support, how can I help you? Hi, I'm locked out of my account. I think you guys are just replaying an old show or something. I don't think that's possible. We can't do that. Okay, well, does it say my channel's live? Yes, ma'am. Hey, we have a new friend. That person is not me. She looks exactly like you. Weird. Who is she? Unexpected things happen to test us. It isn't safe. What is it? I've watched enough to guess who it'll choose. But I don't know what it is. You stole my face and now I'm going to get it back. You stole my face and now I'm going to get it back. The entire plot is in that trailer. Beginning to end. Even the final scene of the film is in that trailer. Yeah, uh, Cam Girl Alice, aka Lola Lola, is becoming increasingly popular until a doppelganger locks her out of her own live streaming account. Who is she, and what's going on? I wondered though. You know, you you were saying that there were only like two movies that were supernatural. I wondered if this one you could also have like a supernatural read on it as well. True. Yeah, I don't want you know all my horrors to be explained, but I feel like that's the thing that's missing is any sort of explanation whatsoever. Mm. Um, we kind of hinted at it with like the dead Cam Girl and it continued continuing to go and like mm. being in the house but as an alternative dimension house we just don't know mm. yeah um, there could be like sort of lovecrafty and other world stuff going on or something sci-fi going on it's like that stephen king dark half thing isn't it where he creates a pen name that kind of becomes real to comes mm. to get him it felt like that when i first watched this and put my review on letterbox and said i had no idea these cam sites existed people were like shelf you're bullshitting. It's like, I fucking hadn't, but they're horrible. Why would anyone search? What would I search for if I'd not heard of these things, right? I could Google, I would like to pay money to sit in a chat room with a bunch of other blokes. I want to watch like a hard up student or a trafficked woman fake an orgasm. That sounds what I want to do. I mean, it's just horror. It's grim. Mm. Is it not what OnlyFans is? Kind of. Well, that's, yeah, that's more people paying for a subscription to get videos. They don't do live? Uh, no, no. But there is weird websites like this out there. It crosses over, yeah, doesn't it? I mean, it's all Mm. about sort of sex workers reclaiming. I mean, there still is the the grim trafficking stuff, as we've probably seen in the news recently. Um, But the way this character puts it forward, the way a lot of women put it forward on the internet, is it's, you know, particularly OnlyFans, it's them owning their content and owning their sort of their stream. And this character was like, she doesn't do fully nude I think was her thing that's why she got so annoyed with the doppelganger from a man's point of view why would I want to sit in a chat room with a load of other blokes you're not a sad desperate man though. why would you want to go to a porn cinema with a load of other blokes why would you want to go to a strip club with a load of other blokes your experience Cliff is hashtag not all men yeah (laughs) I think that's a compliment (laughs) <laughs> There's some men that get a thing out of having a group chat and watching this type of thing. She does private chats as well, doesn't she? She does, yeah. She's built up a sort of relationship with people where that guy actually takes her out on a date, doesn't he? But mm. um, I believe with cam girls, or sometimes just be something like, oh, and here's my Amazon wish list. So, so you've seen half of my boob, now buy me that Dostoyevsky novel. Yeah. Well, it's like with the video... <laughs> 
<laughs> video game streamers, like they'll they'll stream themselves playing video games, and a lot yeah. of women make yeah. money from that. Or people that do ASMR stuff do that as well. Yeah. Sort of really? like, no, no, it's not sexual. Just can you have extremely long fingernails and pop that bubble wrap really slowly yeah. while you're in a bikini? It's not sexual. It just calms me down. So I guess of all the films, this is the one that made me feel the most old. <laughs> really? Really? Because it's, it's about a world I've just got no knowledge of. But when you were younger, was Babe Station a thing? Uh, no, because I'm 47. <laughs> but that was still around in like the 90s and that. What about those, those party chat lines? Sexy phone lines. I didn't get cable till I was like 20. But they used to advertise the sexy phone lines in like yeah, the Yeah, yeah, like party lines. Yeah, oh, that's true. Or like late at night, yeah. Boobs. That's not the same sort of thing, surely, because those chat lines, weren't they just like, you'd phone this really expensive number just to like talk to three other people, go, oh, you're all right, it's late and it, weather's nice. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be a lady. With the TV ones, it was multiple people like phoning in. Well, no, that's what they made it look like in the adverts, but clearly they weren't like that in real life. <laughs> No, the ones, but the ones that were advertised in like newspapers and I believe probably gentlemen's magazines as well that were things like, bored housewives want to talk to you. <laughs> With the assumption being that the lady would be all sexy. Yeah, but that's one to one. At the dawn of the internet, though, it's just changed all those things, isn't it? Keep up, granddad. Ooh. Well, there's elements of one-to-one in the, the, the webcam stuff, but you'd have to just pay yeah. pay for it. Oh, you're making me think I should have done some, like, you know, proper research on this before we recorded, but, yeah. He, he thought a webcam was something spiders use. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> that bit where Alice um, asked the neighbour if she's seen the guy Tinker, and she describes him as tall, sweaty, nervous, and she knows immediately who, who she's talking about. <sighs> That, that's not a good thing to be, is it? <laughs> like, no. You'd be identified by the three words tall, sweaty, nervous. You need to think about a change of lifestyle, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I read up on this a little bit and the, the script writer based some of it on when she worked as a cam girl. So the bit about like the police being really, really unhelpful is based on real lived experience. I kind of felt like it as well, because it is a hard thing to explain to people if that's what your job is. I could see why it was awkward for her to keep it from her family, because not only this is kind of generational thing of, sorry, you're doing what? There's also the idea of it being kind of intimate but not intimate yeah immediately everyone goes to like oh you're a prostitute it's so sordid it's this it's that like the family's reaction the friend's yeah. reaction is very um knee jerk sort of if only the viewers were only jerking their knees hey 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 you're jerking your <laughs> knees you're doing it wrong public service announcement <laughs> One of the like nicest bits in this is when she talks to her mum about the feed and not only has her mum watched it, which obviously is massively like cringe, but like her mum prefers the doppelganger to her, which is really <laughs> yeah. just horrible, horrible. Blech. The scenes where um, she's confronting the doppelganger are brilliant. It's a thing that could have been done quite cheesily, but they do it really well, where when she's talking to the doppelganger, the doppelganger's voice has got that sort of echo on it. So it sounds like yeah. she's a, a creature made of technology rather than a living person. Talking of which, um, I've been experimenting with that chat, GPT, artificial intelligence. Really interesting way to get information off the internet that isn't necessarily going to be easily Googleable. It's not perfect by any means. Mm. Like I was trying to remember the name of the, the big fucking vibrator that that she uses in one scene uh, and chat gpt said i am not aware of a movie called cam that features an extreme vibrator but it could be possible that i'm not aware of the context additionally this is a sensitive topic if the movie exists it might be r-rated 
They're not appropriate for all ages. Uh, I recommend you to consult reviews and ratings before watching it. Oh, what a prude. <laughs> We're total prude. It's just yeah. accepting that some people might not want to see a big dildo without researching it Maybe first. you haven't interacted long enough with it and it gets to know you as you use it like Furbies. Um, <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, I should have said, uh, I like R rated movies, actually. Don't yeah. patronize me, you little shit. I've seen loads. I've seen four 18s. <laughs> <laughs> My parents didn't know. Anyway, I asked Google and it just told me straight out. So that's good. Cool. <laughs> so, fingers on Vibratrons. I guess, or whatever. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting butt plug. <laughs> Sorry, it goes on for so long. <laughs> Well, That's an erotic duck noise. This could get messy. Thank you for a change of pants with you, Luke. Um, so it's Sarah and Bryony versus Luke and Emily. Here's your first pair of scary noises. Yeah, what do you want, Jacob? You mentioned something about Miss Prize's hind end being pulverised. Well, I haven't discovered the reason why yet. Yes, Luke. Uh, the music is from Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry, it's still going. I'm just going to be delighted by the duck for the whole thing. The duck. It's cute. Um, oh, and I couldn't, it sounded like a detective, but I couldn't tell what the dialogue was from. Um, Emily? <laughs> Luke's got a duck that makes a noise. Is that the name of the film? <laughs> I don't know, sorry. Okay, Sarah and Bryony, can you get the dialogue? Yeah, what do you want, Jacob? You mentioned something about Miss Prize's hind end being pulverised. Well, I haven't discovered a reason why yet, but when we found her, she was on her back with her, uh, <coughs> her panties pulled down to her knees. And when we turned her over, her, uh, her uh, lady's uh, fanny was smashed. Her lady's fanny was smashed. Yeah, she had a pulverised, I think, um... Curse of the pulverized ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the Gorgo Girls. The Herschel Gordon Lewis film. Yeah. Uh, number two. I should have been a pair of ragged claws scuttling across the floors of silent seas. And the afternoon, the evening. Uh, the dialogue is from It Follows. Uh huh. Music? Don't know. The Thumpy Monster. Aliens. No. Sarah and Bryony, can you get the music? I should have been a pair of ragged claws scuttling across the floors of silent seas. And the afternoon, the evening, sleeps so peacefully. Smooth by long fingers. Asleep. Tired. Is it Tetsuo? No. Thumpy Monsters was close. It was Mad God. Oh, oh okay. Uh, okay. Number three. Hi, I was wondering if you could connect me with someone saying uh, Nicole Larson. One moment. Thank you. Hello? Hi, it's me. Yeah. Everything okay? Um, did you make it to San Fran okay? Yeah. Yes, Emily. The dialogue is from Shook. Yeah. You get a point for suffering through that film. <laughs> the music? Something 80s or trying to sound 80s. No, I can't, can't get it. Okay. I've got an inkling. Yeah, go on. What's your inkling? Have you got an inkling, Sarah? No. It sounds like it could be demons. Oh, so close. Night of the Demons. Oh, that's what uh, I meant. The one with the hair. <laughs> 
with Give us hair. half. Go on, go on. I've been so <laughs> shit at this, Rachel. They've got really good hair in it. They've got really good hair in Night of the Demons. Do you mean the goth lady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a solid look, that, yeah. yeah. If that's genuinely the film you meant, I'll give you the point. It generally was. Okay. Thank uh, you. So it's 3-1 to Luke and Emily at this stage, halfway through. Number four. Mother of Tears. The title rings a bell. Didn't someone already make this movie? As a matter of fact, yes. It was a big hit when it came out. Reviews, box office, everything. Dario Argento directed it. So spirit. And I must admit, it was very, very good. The music's from um, a beginning of a film, and it is bollocks. The music's from a Gen Z film, but it's like the very big, like the title screen. Sorry, anyone else? <laughs> uh, I don't know, I'm really bad at this. If you say, I'm going to know what it is, and I'm going to go, oh! Is it hashtag horror? Yes, it is. Ah! No way, I'm done. Did anyone get the dialogue? Nope. They're talking about Dario Gento. I thought Mother of Tears was a new one of his films, but I don't know if it's Dark Glasses. No. It's not. Um, it's The Black Cat, the film. Black Cat? Luigi. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he... the Luigi Cotzi one that is... Oh, because you know, he did a, tr- a trilogy with all the Tears films, didn't he? Or some weird thing like well, that. Well, Luigi Cotzi made a kind of unofficial third film in yeah. the series, so that's what that is. It's kind of meta-sequel. Uh, number five. The dialogue's not dash cam, is it? Nope. Is it Music Assassination Nation? No, the music was from Spree, um. and the dialogue was from The Fun House. Ah, oh, okay. And so what is it? 4-1 to Luke and Emily. Here's the final pair. Okay, let's get this over with. One quick kiss. With tongues. No, <laughs> no tongues, yes, no hands. Uh, the dialogue's from The Seed. It is? I mean, I boop boops, but I didn't beat blood enough, but I knew it was from The Seed. You booped? So I went boop, 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 boop. Oh, you should have blept. Should have blemmed or blept. Ah, uh, blep, blep, blem, 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 <laughs> goblin. Surprised you didn't do your <laughs> goblin song, yeah. Ah, I'm a little goblin, I know the answer. Luke and Emily, did you get the music for that one? It just sounded like a drone flying around. Is it the drone that flew around? Is it the drone? It's not the drone that carried the haunted penis beaker around. No. <laughs> <laughs> Bryony and Sarah, music to get here. Okay, let's get this over with. One quick kiss. With tongues. No, Brett. No tongues, no hands. One kiss, that's it. You break the rules, you're going to get punched in the face, okay? Okay, fine. How old are you? <laughs> Fifteen. <laughs> and two months. Not really up to it. <laughs> no. Sarah and Bryony? Not a clue, sorry. <laughs> Let you down. It wasn't actually music. It was the baby crying in combat shock. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were never going to get it, were you? 5-1 <laughs> uh, to Luke and Emily. <laughs> so congratulations to Luke and Emily. Your prize is to go viral on TikTok. Bad luck to Sarah and Bryony. Your prize is to get a virus on your ding-dong. <laughs> Next month... <laughs> <laughs> Such a stupid thing. <laughs> right, next month. <laughs> Goblin ding dong. Goblin ding dong. 
I'm a little goblin. Is that a new doorbell? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you press the doorbell and it does Bryony's song. <laughs> Next month, vengeful men meeting out violent justice that's so brutal it tips their revenge thrillers into the realm of horror. Our guest devil for next month has picked Dead Man's Shoes as one of our features. So, Luke and Emily, what do you want to pick as the other feature? I was going to say Blue Ruin. All right, yeah, let's go with that. All right, so Dead Man's Shoes and Blue Ruin are our features next month. Anyone got anything they want to plug before we go? Goblin cam. (laughs) (laughs) Camera for your goblins. And what platform is that on? Uh, It's on uh, Goblin... Platform 8 of Brighton Station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Platform 8 of Brighton Station every day this week going, I'm a goblin, look at the trains. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's us done for an on um, At the top of the show, I mentioned that I often forget to say the whole like and subscribe thing. I'm not going to say that. We can do better than that instead. Why don't you Why don't you unlike and unsubscribe from that one horror podcast you listen to that, if you're honest... It's actually quite annoying and shit. Your life will be better for it, as long as it's not us. Keep telling your friends about us. Follow us on Twitter at DevilX5. And if we've still got any subscribers left next month, we've got a really great guest lined up for you, so don't miss that. Until then, thanks for listening. (laughs) 